On this edition of the Good Growth Podcast, I'm joined by our very own Director of Insight and Analytics, Mike Duke, to talk about our latest white paper, The Road to Damascus. Welcome, Mike. Hello. I hope everyone's well. Uh, The background, really, to this white paper, The Road to Damascus, uh, appears to be so during uh, Saul of Tarsus's experience on The Road to Damascus, he underwent a a Damascene conversion, uh, and that term has come to describe uh, a radical and dramatic shift in perception or opinion. So that's the background behind our white paper. So then why, Mike, are we starting an e-commerce piece with a religious story? Good question. A tricky one, first of all. Um, I suppose it comes down to the the thinking that underpins what we're, what we're going to discuss in this metric called conversion rate effectiveness that we'll get to. What we've seen over eight years of working with a variety of digital organizations in terms of both e-commerce but also subscription is a very codified, dogmatic way of thinking. And that extends from everything through from how we do our reporting. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, this is how we report because this is how we report all the way through to how changes are released onto the site or how new email campaigns are ideated and run. It's, oh, this is just the way we do it. And that's very similar to the, the story of Saul of Tarsus says he was convinced in his opinion. He believed himself to be correct. Mm-hmm. And he suddenly changed his opinion and then became convinced of something else. And that applies to the digital world in the same way that everyone thinks they're doing it correctly. Yeah. But every single time that we've spoken to an organization about this different way of thinking, they've changed their mind and come around to a different way of viewing their performance. Thanks for that background. Very useful. So let's use a real example then. So according to the ONS Office for National Statistics, more than 80% of all goods in retail are still bought in physical shops in the UK. So that begs the question, is the majority of traffic to websites satisfying users other needs than simply purchasing because they're clearly not just on this on a site to purchase absolutely i mean that's part of the challenge and one of the questions that we put to the organizations we work with is well do you even know why people are on the website you don't you don't assume that everyone who comes into one of your high street stores is going to buy something so why do you make the same assumption that people who visit your website mm-hmm. um, obviously this changes a lot due to sort of macroeconomic factors, we're recording this podcast in the early stages of April 2020, so currently no revenue is being made in physical shops. Um, It actually makes the question even more important because if your site traffic has gone up, gone down, shifted, um, you need to understand how that's changing user behavior and intention. Mm. And in our experience, yes, actually the vast majority of people aren't on the site to buy. And so then... Do the core metrics that digital professionals apply address that balance in user behavior from your experience? Essentially, no. So, so again, dogmatic best practice e-commerce reporting is entirely focused on the commercial side. Um, And that does make sense. Revenue conversion rate, revenue per user, average order value. um, Those are important metrics or lead generation conversion rates or subscription sales. Anything commercial um, is important to report. What they're missing almost invariably is key micro-conversion metrics. So how many people have seen a product? How many people have read an article? How many people have registered? What's the email marketing opt-in rate? Um, What's the bounce rate of key digital marketing campaigns? So on and so forth. Actually, metrics that tell you the story of user engagement, not simply how much money we're making. And it's that lack of reporting which it feeds this dogmatic view of 
e-commerce and it actually prevents organizations from being able to think in a different way and and that's why organizations haven't improved in three years time because they've never actually challenged their own thinking yeah that was going to be my next question really is what behavior then does this uh bring out of e-commerce teams do you do you find these these kind of seemingly incorrect assumptions yes i mean the most the most obvious one that we we encounter is well how does this compare to the industry standard Mm-hmm. So you t- let's take an e-commerce site that has a conversion rate of five percent. We always ask, well, is that good or is that bad? How does that compare to other e-commerce sites? Actually, it, it doesn't mean anything because we've worked with e-commerce sites that have a twenty-five percent conversion rate and actually had a massive degree of failure. We've worked with e-commerce sites that have a three percent conversion rate and perform very, very well. Um, so just just viewing any metric as uh, sort of a binary is it good is it bad misses the point um in the same way that you might find that you have a very high dropout from your subscription sales page if you're a media subscription that that high level of dropout it doesn't matter if that's higher or lower than the competitors because your actual performance is not dictated by any one single number mm. so even something like revenue per user that number is what it is so it's not good or bad it's just revenue per user it only becomes good or bad when you can blend it with an understanding of why it is what it is not just what it is so then is this single metric view perhaps one of the main reasons behind impeding business performance so i think we we look at um in the past we've said traffic can be seen as a vanity metric you know so long as a lot of traffic's come to the site all must be well um is our business is also now viewing conversion rate as that similar metric where as long as conversion rate is high, performance must be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it absolutely is being viewed as a vanity metric now where organizations shout about having a 25% conversion rate or they lament only having a 2% conversion rate. Well, if you want to improve your conversion rate, turn off all your social media digital marketing. Social media has the lowest conversion rate of average any channel to transaction. Now, it has other functions to play, and that's not that's not what we're discussing now. But if you wanted to improve your conversion rate, just get rid of it because you immediately carve out a huge volume of sessions that don't convert. Therefore, you inflate your conversion rate. Mm-hmm. In the same way, turn off all your email marketing. Um, stop doing it because email marketing converts at a lower rate than the average. So turn it off. You'll have fewer sessions and higher conversion rate. So if conversion rate is the metric you're focused on, why wouldn't you do that? Mm-hmm because you're not focused on conversion rate. You want revenue and transactions, and you know if you turn off those channels, you're going to lose revenue. So by your own logic, your vanity metric is not a vanity metric. (laughs) It's a metric. Um, And in the same way, even something like revenue per user, okay, your revenue per user may be 50p. You want to improve that. Let's turn off organic search. Let's completely de-rank for SEO because organic rev- organic revenue per user is normally lower because it's people in a browsing mindset. Again, you would never do that. No. So have e- e- organizations who think of things like conversion rate or something as a vanity metric and actually don't even believe it themselves because they would never take actions to improve it if the way they viewed it was correct. <laughs> so, yeah, so, it's a brilliant and accurate way of looking at it. Um, so then how how have we as good growth helped um, e-commerce client e-commerce clients past and present overcome this common pitfall then and, un- yeah. and help them understand the real opportunity um, for growth and revenue growth. 
Yeah. So it comes from not asking what is happening. It comes from trying to understand why. And you can't do that by looking at any one metric or any one source of insight. So you may have all of your performance reporting, uh, revenue, conversion rate, average order value, revenue per user, et cetera. And you can build a really good view of what's happening, which is we're growing our revenue month on month, year on year through traffic acquisition. Conversion rate actually is going down as we're inflating traffic, um, but those people are buying slightly more and that's driving up in revenue and revenue per user. That's the kind of reporting of performance that you need to start with, but that can't tell you why any of that is happening. You don't know why that's happening. Mm. All you know is we have more traffic, they're buying a bit less, and they're, 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 we're, we're getting more money. Um, to transform performance and to actually really grow and improve in e-commerce, you need to answer why. And part of that is, okay, conversion rate maybe 10%. First question is, is that good? In our own in our world, is that a good number? Hmm. And then the question was, well, how do we answer that? How do we understand if 10% conversion is good or actually 10% is very poor? And it's asking those questions, which leads you into, well, let's say it's very poor. Okay, why is it poor? Oh, it's because users can't find products. Why can't they find products? Oh, it's because navigation's unclear. Okay, why is it unclear? And by keep by continuing to ask why, that's when you can pull out the real customer insights that, don't just you don't just improve performance by increments you can actually transform performance brilliant um so then what what is our general approach and method of what you can uh can you elaborate a bit more on on that as to as to how that then uh is presented in yes yeah absolutely so taking that example of conversion rate okay you have a let's say again you have a 20 percent conversion rate you may think brilliant that doesn't mean you're good and it doesn't mean you're bad. It just means that one in five people buy. We An example of how we turn that data into something useful is a metric we call conversion rate effectiveness. And it's essentially a measure of how effective you are, considering how effective you should be. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that is not to understand the number of people that are buying, but the number of people who want to buy. So one of the ways of doing that is a survey. You run it on site, and you basically ask people, how likely are you to buy today? And let's say that 40% of people say, I am definitely going to make a purchase. I'm on the site to buy something. Well, you know your conversion rate is 20%. So 50% of people who want to buy are failing to do so. Mm-hmm. So you are half as you are only half as effective as you think you are. So your 20% conversion rate actually misses half of the opportunity. And let's say you flip that on its head. Let's take a 5% conversion rate. Um, now, you take 5% conversion rate versus 20% conversion rate, you might think the 20% conversion rate better. But if only, say, 7.5% of people want to buy, you're actually 66% effective. You're more effective with a lower conversion rate. And it's because you're blending it with an understanding of the customer. Now, the question becomes then, well, if only 7.5% of people want to buy, what do the remaining 92.5% want to do? And why don't they want to buy? And if you can answer those questions, you can implement programs of change that respond to the real customer objective, not your own business objective of we arbitrarily want to increase conversion rate 40% because we kind of want to and, and therefore we're going to do it, which it doesn't get you anywhere. So it's, it's just from your explanation there, it seems that just a simple but uh, important change in how you view 
your data uh, more holistically shows that actually you can start answering those questions as to is performance good what does good look like are, are you know how effective are we as a business and how effective is our site suddenly those questions you can answer a lot more clearly right absolutely um it, it comes down to again multiple ways of viewing performance um we've worked with businesses that are 100 percent effective for conversion rate effectiveness actually you can have due to discrepancies in performance reporting and sort of surveying, it's that you actually have a percentage above 100% effectiveness. And that means people who don't want to buy are buying, which is a really good place to be. In those instances, and we see this a lot with um, sort of media and video on demand type businesses, there is no opportunity to improve conversion rate. It's incredibly hard to convince someone to buy if they fundamentally don't want to, beyond 0.1% uplift in performance. So if there's no opportunity to improve conversion rates, well, what do you focus on? Because see, a traditional CRO is not going to work. You can't improve conversion rate, therefore why would you test? Well, you need to test for other measures of performance. Um, take an e-commerce site that everyone who wants to buy buys something, um, or 90% or 80% of them do. You're not going to improve that number. Well, how do we encourage them to buy more? How do we encourage them to make one extra transaction per month, refer their friends, um, so on and so forth. What are the what are the levers for improving performance that exist within our customer base and their intention, not based on our own business objective? Just to kind of finish on them, can you give us any examples or successes that you've seen uh, with our clients from adopting this uh, conversion rate effectiveness look? Abs- absolutely. So there's there's different patterns of conversion rate effectiveness we see, and it comes down to intent. Um, we typically break intent into three categories you have people who say i'm here to buy or let's take e-commerce site for example i'm here to make a purchase you have middle intent but not sure so i may buy if i find the right product and then you have no intent i do not intend to buy and depending on how that pyramid is shaped so we call them propensity pyramids you can inform your strategy so you take an e-commerce site where typically you have about 50 percent of users in that middle in that middle block the i may buy if i find the right product the opportunity there is to understand product findability because what you typically see with e-commerce sites is someone who wants to buy something tends to buy it um, assuming they can find it Mm. and product findability is a common cause of failure across all e-commerce sites we work with Um, any failure in terms of actual people who want to buy is typically either price delivery um or just a, a failure of the website to work properly, i.e. Um, the basket just randomly stops working or it crashes. It's very rare for people who want to buy to fail for reasons that are sort of external to something that's like just not working properly or the proposition is fundamentally flawed, like £15 for delivery. Um, so it's targeting that middle subset of users who might buy yeah. and understanding why they're not buying. I can't find the right product. Okay, well, what product are you looking for and how are you trying to find it? And then if you can fix those issues, you can improve performance that way. I'm taking another view, something you think about something like a media um, subscription site, um, so any kind of broadsheet newspaper, no one is on the site to buy. You have maybe 1% of people say, I'm here to subscribe mm-hmm. at best. Very few people might subscribe. Almost everyone, so 95% of users, have no intention of subscribing. Well, how do you convert someone who has no intention of subscribing? 
you need to innovate and devise a much broader program of activity around building the relationship with them, using registration, using email, for example, um, a very specific segmentation or personalization on site to just start to chip into that volume of people who don't want to buy. If you can get, say, 2% of them just to move through that pyramid, over time you can develop that into a much more commercially effective platform. But you're never going to double conversion rate, for example, because the opportunity doesn't exist within the user base. Super. Mike, that's a brilliant overview of our white paper and the and uh, um, reason for looking beyond conversion rate. And I think that neatly sums up the need for digital professionals at all levels to make that radical adjustment in how they think about conversion. And if you want to read our white paper in full uh, and see some of the illustrations behind Mike's thinking there, head on over to our website, goodgrowth.co.uk. Uh, and on there as well, you can also go back and listen to any of our previous podcast recordings as well. Mike, thank you very much for joining me. My pleasure.